Hi, this is Samantha Newark, probably best known as the voice of Jem and Jerrica from Jem and the Holograms, and you are listening to Hellions Talks. Almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Hellions Talks. This episode is going up immediately after airing, no pressure on the guest here. Because we have another exciting event from New York Championship Wrestling taking place tomorrow, Saturday, in the Mecca, the huge city known as Whitesboro, New York. I say that as a resident of the Mohawk Valley. But I'm excited. I didn't know when this was booked, but this is today's guest's first podcast interview he is new to wrestling. He is still proving himself. He's still going out there. And he has no idea the nice things I'm going to say about him on this episode. But welcome to the podcast, Corey Jackson. Corey, how is it going today, sir? Hey, what's up? Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate being here. <laughs> well, I so I'm new to New York Championship Wrestling myself as a fan. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just, I wasn't as aware of it and as stuff started changing in life and I was looking for stuff to do, I thought, oh my God, there's wrestling down the road. I went to my first show and I thought, this is amazing. This is exactly <laughs> what I needed. And I felt comfortable taking my kids eight years old. I thought I can take them to this. It, it's not crazy swearing. It's not crazy blood. It's not over the top violence. It's not right. death match. Right. I can take him to this. And I did. And he loves it. Loves it so much. And he is just the loudest little kid <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking trash to the heels and getting in trouble. Him and Mad Dog go at it every show. Oh, now. my gosh. Yeah, really? <laughs> it was so funny. That's and and I, I don't know. I've, I've not had the chance to, you know, meet him one on one. Well, he seems like a good dude that's enjoying being a heel, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's such, like, a, a kind guy, like, outside of the ring. Yeah, and you, speaking of kind guys, you last show were handing out stickers and made it a stop over to my kid and handed him one. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I came out. I had stickers made of myself. Literally, it's just a picture of myself kind of animated onto a sticker and I just had them and I wasn't doing anything with them. And I was like, you know, honestly, I don't really need them. So let's just start giving them out to people. And that's what I was doing. I was just predominantly, I wanted to just give it out to kids. I was just giving it out to the kids because I wanted the kids to, you know, go there to have something to be interested in and have like, kind of like, Oh, look what I got from here. He was so happy about it, too. And he immediately <laughs> turns to me and he's like, put it somewhere safe. <laughs> so right right now he has a shelf of various things from New York Championship Wrestling that he's super excited about. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That Yeah. And it just thrills me. And he finally he got up the courage to do an autograph last show. Um, it was with Moose. 
Yeah. But he got up the courage for it. And uh, so I took a picture of my, you know, little eight-year-old and Moose's gigantic frame next to each yeah. other. And I, <laughs> and I, that I is tagged. a big set of, like, courage from your kid, though, because Moose is very, very huge. Like, you see him on TV and everything, and you're like, yeah, that dude's big or whatever. But then you see him in person, you feel like a dwarf standing next to him. Well, but you mentioned seeing in person. That's the thing that still gets me as a fan. And the thing my kid's discovering now, and you, and and we talked off the air, but I know you're, you're a fan of wrestling. You were, you didn't get into this because someone talked you into it or, you know, we hear, we hear stories of football players, actors, other things. They're like, Oh, I'll try this wrestling thing. I think I watched a little bit of it as a kid. You were a fan as well. But you see people up close and go, okay, this guy who I didn't think was that big has a freaking six-pack yep. and is huge. And this guy that's huge is even bigger in person. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I've seen so many people that, like, I was like, I'm so used to seeing you guys on TV. Now I'm seeing you guys in person. And I'm like, wow, you guys are a lot different. I thought you guys, because usually they're just the height of my TV. That's it. But now you're actually seeing this person that's, like in front of you and you're like oh my gosh you're actually huge yeah well and i mean you're in ridiculous shape too so for you to say that for people <laughs> says how big they are oh no i wish you didn't say that because like i got my boys with me too and like they always gas me up on that type of stuff and now they're gonna clown on me <laughs> <laughs> i try to not say anything about my body because like it's like in my mind, I'm just like, nah, I still have to put so much work in. And then they're like, Corey, you're literally jacked. You're literally shredded. Like, what do you even mean? Like, you literally are the, the combination of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. And I'm like, okay, all right, guys, relax. Calm down. Well, but that's your, part of it's your frame, too. You know, yeah. like, I think. I think Falco's got a ridiculous frame on him too, but you two, your your bodies are different shapes to start with. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hold muscle in different ways. You're going to move in different ways too. Right. But you're both in ridiculously good shape. I try to be as best a shape as possible that I can be. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'd be just feeling bad about myself if I just felt like I wasn't in shape while I was wrestling. And I feel like I'm still not as in shape as, as I want to be. So, and I feel like that just goes for really anyone that's working in the ring. You're always trying to improve your body because basically your body is what you're there for. People are coming to see you. And I feel like you have to look a certain part in being that. Right. I mean, you, you need to look unless your look is to be different. Which Yeah. Many people, Dusty Rhodes never had a six pack, but he didn't need it. Right. You know, um, but, the, you know, the joke is, oh, it's a, it's an upper body business. You know, it's a looks business, kid. You, you know, you, you hear that so many times that it's just a, a parody when you hear it now. Mm-hmm. But even for, like you're saying, when you see people, just the shape that they're in, my my friend's messed with me this week because uh, I was watching the ladder match on NXT and I couldn't stop commenting on uh, Dakota Kai and Kaylee Ray's legs. 
Because <laughs> I'm like, geez, the freaking legs are just so muscular. That's insane. They're like, calm down, calm down. But I'm like, no, that's something you don't, for whatever reason, uh, leg strength doesn't come across on TV as biceps and abs and everything do. Yeah. E- even though most every one of you has to have ridiculously powerful legs and hips to do stuff, especially the shit you do. Right, right. <laughs> All right, let's let's take it back a little bit, as I'm embarrassing you. So, if I am correct here, and, and by all means, correct me if I'm wrong for anything, but you're from Syracuse. Correct, yes. Grew I'm up from, there? Um, Yeah, I was originally, like, raised in the city, but that was way before even I could remember it. So then I was born in Long Island, and then I was just raised in Queens, and then we moved from Queens to uh Syracuse when I was probably like four or five so like this was beginning of my childhood this is where like I just started remembering things so I mean I coincidentally I was also born in Long Island oh uh, um my dad was stationed in the Navy at the time so we were on a base there yeah um but my family, my mom and dad were originally from Watertown. So they moved back to Watertown, big city there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm stuck in Rome. Which <laughs> there it is. Even bigger city, though. <laughs> but, you know, Syracuse, right in between there, you grew up in Syracuse. And I, I, I'm, you're in your early 20s, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, but I could tell... The stuff you probably did grow up watching, though, and at least you in Syracuse were able to see SmackDown because Wiretown Cable did not carry it for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know, like, SmackDown, I'm trying to think of where it was even on when I was, like, a kid. It was weird because, like, my mom kind of also didn't want me watching wrestling, so, like, I <laughs> couldn't really watch wrestling with my mom right there because they would just do some stuff that she was like, uh-uh, turn the, turn the TV off. But at the same time, I do remember also this back when this was a thing, uh, staying up until like two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to watch AM Raw because I couldn't watch it on Monday because we really had like basic cable. We had like a few channels. Man, you saying staying up till 2 a.m. I'm sitting here thinking he's too young to stay up to 2 a.m. to watch ECW on the MSG channel. No, nope. I never even thought of AM Raw. Yeah, because it was what, like an hour highlight package, pretty much, of everything yeah, that basically. happened. Yep, it was like an hour highlight package. It was like literally the best hour of my life. Because, first of all, everyone's asleep in the house. It's just you in your house by yourself in your own world watching wrestling. Well, and, and you, I, I don't mean to keep bringing up you being younger, but. I know when I grew up and, and a lot of people listening, we would go and tape trade and we would go to the local video rental place and get anything we could find wrestling at all. Yeah. And then flipping through like, oh, hey, let me get let me even do antenna and bunny ears and see if I pick up a random channel that's having random wrestling on on a weekend for no good reason. <laughs> yeah. Nope. So now I feel like it's funny because we're in this new like generation or a new era or whatever to where like none of us really were, I don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about because <laughs> I never got tapes. I never did. That was just never thing. I just watched what was on TV 
and that was it. And I know, like, there is so many stuff that, like, from, like, the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, of stuff that, like, I still need to watch. And so I think I just kind of want to put out there that, like, as I'm still wrestling, I'm still trying to learn, still trying to adapt to certain things. And one of those things is still, like, basically being a student of the game. And being a student of the game, you got to study, study your film, study your footage and study all that stuff. And so I'm still learning. I'm still learning as I go. So who was who was it that you saw that drew you in then? Uh, the Rock. Definitely was The Rock. Um, I don't know what it was, but like this is when probably I was like five or six when i was introduced to wrestling and i think it was like he was probably like one of the first people that i saw on tv and there was just something about the rock that was there his whole personality his whole aura that just captured me to the tv and i was just glued from there even then like the fans as well the whole crowd there they're all going crazy they're going berserk over just him talking and i was just sitting there i was like that is so cool obviously i have no idea what's going on because i'm five years old (laughs) i see these guys that are huge that are beating the crap out of each other crowds going crazy for it and they're throwing each other around i don't know like what it is about being a kid but like watching people fight is like the best thing ever Oh, that's how my kid is getting into it. It's just people beating <laughs> people beating people up is amazing to him. It's great. I don't know what it like as a kid. That's like the best time because you're just so into it and you're just going through every little bit of emotion. You you feel like you're on a roller coaster. You really do. And I I did a podcast with a friend of mine. We recorded it this week. It's not up yet. But um, he's from Canada, so he wanted to talk about our five favorite wrestlers and the difference in what we've seen in everything. And both of us agreed The Rock coming along was incredible because you always want that guy, the person that crosses over, that passes, I call it the grandma test. Like, Mm -hmm. your grandma doesn't know who random wrestler is, but they knew who The Rock was. Because he was so far beyond wrestling. So you got Hogan was that. John Cena was that. Yep. Um, there's an argument for Roman Reigns now. Is yeah. that? I'd say but, even like Undertaker, Triple H, maybe. Yep. Stone but Cold, to, obviously. Well, that was the thing. You usually have one. You usually yeah. have one giant person at a time. But you had Stone Cold and The Rock at the same time. Like no right. wonder they made so much money then. Right. <laughs> so. Did there come a time as you got a little bit older that these rules were relaxed and you could embrace wrestling more and seek it out more? Or did you sneak over to a friend's house to watch it? How Um, how did it obviously grow? Yeah, so, like, it always stayed with me wrestling. Um, I could never really watch it because my mom was never really that much of a fan. She'd have her phase where, like, she's like, okay, you can watch wrestling. Sometimes you'd be like, all right, no, you got to change the channel. But even then, like, we had video games. The video games back then, those were amazing as a kid. That Once again, I'm playing all these video games that they had. And 
so that was cool. That always got me in and kept me updated on like who's who, who's good, who's bad in wrestling. Um, my mom would take me to live events sometimes. It was like usually yeah. once in a blue moon. At the on center? Yep. Yep. I'd get to go to a wrestling event at some points. And then that was cool because then even then I'm still a little kid. I don't know what's going on. She's keeping it as a surprise. You walk in the on center, you see a wrestling ring, and you're like, oh my God. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like wrestling's kind of always stayed with me. Even then, like I we'd go over to my cousin's house, and I think that's where more knowledge of wrestling kind of happened because then he was like, um, I don't, I don't want to like make him upset by saying his age because I really don't know how old he was at that time. But I'm going to definitely say that he had to have been like in his 30s. Had to have been in his 30s. So then we're talking about wrestling as of now. And then he's like, all right, let me show you some wrestling from back then. And so he was one that collected those tapes. So then that's where he was showing me all these things of like Macho Man, Hogan and Andre and Jake the Snake, all these people. And he just had them all on his tapes, on DVDs. It's, I mean, granted, we had the WWE Network for a little while, and now Peacock, which is not as good. Not at all. And, and of course, <laughs> there's so much on YouTube, but I still have, to my left, recording this, four shelves that are nothing but wrestling DVDs. And I still kept VHS tapes, too. Yeah, just to be able to see stuff. And I'm subscribed to um, Peacock still because sometimes there's something still I want to see on there or the pay-per-view or whatever. Right. And uh, independent wrestling TV, which is fantastic and so much indie wrestling on there. Yeah. Live in archives to just discover so much of it because there is so much out there. And uh, you mentioned on center and I was just there. A couple weeks ago for that super show. Mm-hmm. There's no bad seats there, thankfully, too. No, not not really. Not at all. Yeah, and I've seen so many good paper or not pay-per-views, geez. There was one pay-per-view there. <laughs> You're not aware. They did one. <laughs> but um I've seen so many good house shows there and enjoyed the hell out of it. I saw one terrible one too, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about we won't talk about that one. No, dude, it was so bad. We left halfway through. Oh my gosh, did you really? Yeah. All right. So I'll go. I'll go back. It oh, was okay. um, the intermi- the match before intermission. Okay. Was Finley? That's totally fine. Yep. Against Mike Knox, when oh. the WWE ECW brand was still going on. Oh. Okay. And I don't know how long they actually wrestled for, but it felt like it was a half hour. Oh my gosh. And then they go, okay, it's intermission time. And we're like, screw this. Never mind. Like, I don't want to even so want to <laughs> So, well, it was also that night was Brock Lesnar's UFC debut. Oh, okay. So we, we went over to Cicero to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep. And we're hoping to get a seat. And they're like, oh, well, we don't know who's staying to watch UFC and who's leaving. So there's a chance you're get, you can get a seat. You can go up to the bar and wait in the meantime. And we're like, all right. So then we look over and there's two tables. We said, okay, they're going to give us one of those tables. And nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. And finally we go, listen, there's two tables here. Why can't we be seated? 
they said, oh, apparently there's some wrestling going on. Some of the wrestlers called up and put down $500 to reserve those tables. Oh, man. <laughs> so we're like, well, screw this. We'll wait. So, like, Matt Hardy's coming in. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Brian Kendrick. Like, all these guys are coming in. And we're just, <laughs> us being Marks, we're directing them to their seats. Like, we freaking right. work there and all. Here, let me dust your seat off for you, sir. Hold on. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> and then we're like, well, screw it. At this point, we'll just watch Brock Lesnar fight and then leave and hang yeah. out with the wrestlers. But, oh, yeah. we were total marks. No, but at the end, though, like, well, did they, like, get to, like, did you get to, like, talk to them and, like, hang out with them? No, not at all. Oh, man. I was about to say, if that was the case, that would be, like, the greatest night of my life. No, the the longest one for for one of those is uh, a different show. We were we went to uh, Dinosaur Barbecue after wrestling, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my friends kept going outside to have smoke breaks with Jack Swagger. Oh, okay, all right. That's, J- that's Jake Hager now smokes yeah. a ton. I don't know if he still does, but he did at the time. I didn't even know that. Like, yeah, ridiculous chain smoke. And I'm like, how can you be wrestling like to that level and be chain smoking? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible. That's incredible, though, honestly. But all right, so on center, did you end up discovering indie wrestling at all? Because a few years ago, there was a really good indie company based out of Syracuse that had a ton yes. of good shows. Yeah, so I'm trying to think, I'm really trying to dig back into the archives in my head. I don't think I was very familiar with anything to CW. And I believe that's what you were referring to. Yep. Yes. So I wasn't really, I don't think I ever came across to CW. I think there was this one blur of a moment where I was at the fair with my mom and my brother and I saw some wrestling going on. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go. But my mom said no. So I believe, and I believe that that was 2CW that was there. Yep. And so that's like the the best thing that I have from back then. It, It was of its moment and it had a rabid fan base and I traveled way too many times to just see shows. I'm like, something's gonna happen. I gotta go. Yeah. I will say now, New York Championship Wrestling's given me a feel of this is ours. And mm-hmm. this is our section of New York, and this is for us. And we're building, I, I shouldn't say we, I'm not doing anything. But <laughs> it feels like something's being built here. Something yeah. that is getting bigger and bigger and more and more attention. And you just want to be there from the start. And I don't know anyone's names yet, but I'm seeing the same fans every show. And it it's so exciting to see just the loyalty of it. Yeah, no, definitely though. The loyalty, I feel like is a big thing there for everyone there. It's, it's always very nice when you get to see like familiar faces and then you kind of just begin to like have some small talk with them and like, they'll be able to talk with you and chill with you and all that stuff. But like, yeah, no, all those guys, I believe, I feel like at NYCW, we're all on like a mission to just kind of, go out there and just put on the best show that we possibly can to keep people wanting to come back. I know that's my goal and like people around me, I know that's their goal. They want to make NYCW like one of like the best hot things out right now. Well, and you can see the passion in it too. And I'll I'll get to your part, but most recently, um, Madness of Trip there, flat out to Moose, this is, 
our house, mm-hmm. not yours. I was like, holy shit. Sorry. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that was, that was oh, the big wow, statement. Man. That was the big statement. And that's like kind of not even just him saying that to Moose. That's him connecting with everyone in the audience, too. All the fans there. That's all of them telling him that this is a, this is a new place that you're in right now. Yeah, and me personally, I'm embarrassed that I it took me so long to get on board. Um, but my own life schedule changed and I had my nights free and all of a sudden here's wrestling that I've been waiting for. <laughs> and yeah. it was waiting for me to be there too. Yep. So I have to imagine at some point here, um mom got a little bit better maybe because of you getting older, because to go from her not wanting you to watch it to you now doing it, <laughs> so, it's, it's quite. <laughs> and that's funny because okay, so now big story here. Okay, so don't tell me she doesn't know. <laughs> I trained for a while, and I think it was after like th- maybe three years or so that I finally told her that I was like, oh, by the way, I wrestle really yeah so i kind of i felt like i hid that from her i don't i never really like mentioned it to her when i first started for training um i brought it up to her and i was like you know like i hear there's this wrestling school like i was thinking about like doing some wrestling what do you think about it she was like mm, i don't really know you know mom talks she doesn't want me like you know breaking my neck or breaking any bones in my body and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's the negatives. That's the negatives. But I'm looking more on the positive sides. How cool would that be to be a wrestler? And so then that was where we left off. And then I think literally like the day or two after, I started going to training. <laughs> then wow. that was it. And then for like the next like three years, she just didn't know. She would just know that somehow, some way, I would leave the house at a certain time. But she never caught, I don't think she ever caught on. I think maybe she thought that I was like going to work or something, or maybe just going to hang out with a friend. But then after like three years or so, I eventually like brought it back up to her, being like, Yeah, I've been wrestling for like a while now. I shouldn't say wrestling, I should training. I've been training for a while now. So that she knew. But like now she's she's into it. She likes it. She gets to like tell everyone, oh, my son's a professional wrestler, blah, 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 blah. But, like, it's cool. Now I'm glad that, like, she supports it. She sees that, like, I enjoy doing this. She sees that, like, I love doing this. And so she's just getting behind it. So it's glad that, like, I'm glad that she has my back now. So which school did you end up going to for wrestling training? So I am still going to the Institute of Professional Wrestling. Uh, The one in the mall? Yes, or Great they Northern Mall. It was in Shopping Town yeah. Mall, but now we moved yep. to Great Northern Mall. So now we're well, in Great I mean, Mall. And l- then, larger than life left, so something has to be in that building. Yeah, I think they just recently left. Yeah, across the street. Yep, they just recently left. They moved across the street. Um, but it's right next to where Dick's Sporting Goods also used to be. Okay. It's like right down that same hallway. Um... But yeah, so then I went there. Uh, the head trainers were Zachary Springate the third and yep. Isis of X, both those two CW guys. Yep. So it's very it's pretty cool that like I get to I'll watch matches from them like that they did back then. And I'm like, oh snap. And I didn't even know like half the people that they got to work with. 
I was like, this is this is awesome. And I hear all the stories of who's like they got to work with and like how they were outside of the ring and stuff like that. But it's cool because I definitely even that I definitely get to learn. I learned so, 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 so much from both of them because they both have like their own certain styles in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So it's nice when I get to take apart both of their minds and then I can kind of make it into my own and kind of feel it out of like how I want to be. ZS3 always impressed me with how adaptable he was. Because mm-hmm. um, when I first saw him, he was doing this like uh, British aristocrat gimmick. Yeah. You know, the yep. full, full on Zachary Springate the third. And transitioning into the ZS3 character, and I've seen him as a face and a heel, and I've seen him be an absolute ring general out there. Yeah. Like, holy... uh, He is calling the entire match. He's getting everyone in place. He is making this so much better. Not And he could be out on the outside for a tag, but he's just such a commanding presence and sees everything and knows it. Right. That he would make it better. Isis, he had the best most entertaining catchy theme music at the time (laughs) and it just created this party atmosphere it was awesome but what got me um at the time i was still living in watertown and jay freddie is from watertown as well yep and i was working at the watertown mall and jay was working the store across the hall from me oh so we would like wave at each other and you know oh hey you going this weekend yeah i'm going and all and when he had his title match against um slick wagner brown Mm -hmm. i moved everything around in life to make sure i could go from rome to watertown (laughs) to see it i had a friend call me up and he's like if he wins the title and you're not here you will never forgive yourself i go you're right (laughs) You're right. I, right. I have to. I have to do this. Yep. I got to take the day off of work. I got to do everything. Um, but then, like he and ISIS would end up. They just had chemistry, no matter what side they were on or whatever. And there's a friendship between them too. But God, they were so cool and so interesting. And ISIS would just piss me off, and I love him too at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like, he just had this great control over the crowd. So, yeah, you got some good teachers there. It's, like, it's so scary, honestly, how good they are. Because even then, like, they can teach you so much about wrestling and then, like, just doing certain things. But, like, they'll also talk to you about, like, what you should be doing in certain moments. How do you want to, like, gain the interest of a crowd? How do you want to maybe have the crowd getting pissed off at you? Just like, and it'll be like the just the smallest things, smallest things of like just staring at one person, whether you're good or bad. If you're staring at one person, somehow, some way, you're gonna get that person to get triggered. Mm-hmm. And it could be in a responsive, as in a good way, or it could be a bad responsive way. If you're bad and you're maybe just staring at this little kid, you know, talking your game at this little kid, that kid's gonna get pissed off. He's going to get pissed off. Or it could be in the event that maybe you're a good guy. Maybe you're getting the holy crap beaten out of you. And you're trying to reach out to that one person. That one person is going to feel it. They're going to believe it. And they're going to start tearing. And they're going to start rooting for you. It's like little things. Little things like that that we always try to take notice of when we're at training. 
And I feel like it just plays so much into a part of when we're actually doing shows. Because then I think it's just we become more more live. Well, and you you end up... The crazy thing is, as you expand and as you work other places, people are going to know who trained you. You will not even have to open your mouth. But from the way you walk into the building, the way that you present yourself, the way you sell something, people are going to know who trained you. Yeah, and that's nuts. I mean, I know from just loving and studying wrestling my whole life. I was never athletic. You know, my my joke was I didn't learn how to like I I had to learn how to read and write well because I couldn't catch and throw. I'm like, well, I can't do this. So let me do this over here. <laughs> but from studying and talking to so many people and making friendships within wrestling to just see all the different styles of it and to see an outsider well wrestling is wrestling no wrestling is not wrestling there are so many different styles and different ways of doing it and just as you travel around the country and around the state finding all these new ways of doing your craft is amazing yeah absolutely so you do training for three years did they decide you were ready? Did you decide you were ready? Did someone say you got a match this weekend and your eyes went wide and you're like, I'm too scared to do this? <laughs> so um, there was supposed to be a battle royal, I believe, because this was like, I started training, obviously, like probably four years ago now. And probably around like year two like end of year two, beginning year three, NYCW was supposed to be having a show. And I believe I was supposed to be in a battle Royal. So then you got to get your blessings from the head trainers. So I was talking with spring Gate, I talked with ISIS just about battle Royals and like, if I could do it or not, then like, yes, they gave the blessing. So then I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And then COVID. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> I love that so much love that so much. so i was like all right cool that i was getting myself hyped up ready to go i was like all right nycw making the debut we're ready we're ready we're here and then COVID happened and i was like all right we're gonna wait it out we're gonna wait it out now but honestly like it's okay because as they said that i got the green light to do the battle royal i still felt like and i still feel like i am not ready and I it just, it takes, it took so much for me to say, all right, you just have to do this. You have to go. You have to do this. Because if not now, then when, you know? So that was it. And then I think, what was it? The first event that we had when they came back, NYCW came back, was the Hometown Heat show. Is that the outdoor show? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then that was like one of that was my first match for NYCW. And then prior to that, I think I we went out to Rhode Island for there was a promotion out there called XWA. And I did a battle royal, like a mini battle royal out there. It was like the best like three minutes that I had in my life. <laughs> and then for like my first match. And then I had a singles match uh, the next time. And then I had a tag match the next time we went out. Um, but yeah, for my, so like, I guess even then still, that was my 
fourth match that I had at NYCW. Fourth match ever. First at NYCW. But I was always under this impression that, like, you know, I'm very, I, I'm very heavy on myself. So, like, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm ready. And then some of the guys from our school, they're usually there to, like, kind of lift me up to make sure that, like, I can do this. So let me know, like, I can do this. So that's kind of where where it came to be was I was kind of, like, thrown in because I just I couldn't keep waiting. And I, I understand that feeling that you're ready, but there's two things, two ways to take that, though. Uh, someone else decided you were ready, and sometimes you need to be thrown into the deep end to learn you how to swim. Sink or swim. Yep. Sometimes you need to be thrown in and do it because if you wait until you're ready, it'll never happen. If you wait until you are mentally prepared for it, it won't happen. You need that pressure, you need that stress, and get thrown right in. Yeah. But also, with that amount of training and the amount of matches, I know you said that was your fourth, but the amount you've had since, um, I don't know if you realize this, but there's a good chance you have had more professional wrestling training and matches than half the people that are going to be in the NXT War Games matches. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, I know I train for such a long time, but, like, at the same time, I take pride in it because I spent more of that time just I really wanted to perfect like everything that I felt like I can do to the best extent of my ability so I even though like usually I feel like people probably have like a year and a half it just really depends on the person like a year and a half maybe two before they can start doing shows I was at like three three and a half years because I just really wanted to make sure that I had that down packed well, and I will say, as an outsider observing it, I noticed it my first NYCW show. I was like, this kid has something. And then when I brought my kid, the first thing I said when you came out for MASH, I told my kid, because I'm, I'm trying to, I, I'm teaching him from the beginning. We're, n- we're not playing, you know, is this real or not? Yeah. Because I've seen the way that he acts out sometimes for things. Mm-hmm. And gets a little too into the rough housing and all. So I want him to know right now, this is a show. It's a hell of a show. It's the best show you'll ever see, but it's still a show. Right. And so it's been important for him to, you know, see people during intermission or before or after a show and everything. And one of the things I pointed out, I said, look at Corey's feet. Just watch. I don't know which one of the two taught you the footwork. But you're nailing that already. That was literally, that's both of them. That's both of them. It's such a difference of like walking, like whether you're on a sidewalk or a street, just walking on there versus in the ring. Walking in a ring is a lot different for some reason. And it messes with a lot of people. Some people will like waddle in a ring when it's like their first time being in the ring. And I'm pretty sure I was one of those. I waddled in a ring, but then it's just, you have to get used to like moving in the ring. And I feel like it was just, it was both of them kind of just telling me how to move when I'm there. Well, yeah, because you got, you have the balance clearly, and especially with a lot of your, you know, rope maneuvers, but also just as soon as you pop up too, and how your feet and hips are and just ready to go, I'm like, he's been wrestling how long? And he's doing this already? (laughs) 
there, there's people in bigger promotions that still don't do that. Yeah. Even I, then, I, like, I'll be watching, like, any type of wrestling. And I'm like, now I sit there and I can't. I want to watch it as a fan. And I'm still trying to watch it as a fan. But I'm also trying to watch it as a student. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to where I can watch it, and I'm trying to like, yeah, you want to enjoy it. But at the same time, you're watching it and you're kind of trying to take notes of like, oh, OK, so like, how does he get from move A to move B? How does this transition go? Hmm, can I do that? Like, OK, maybe I can. You know what? I'm going to try it at training next time. Well, did you have any sort of um, athletic background that helped you with it? Uh, martial arts, <laughs> gymnastics, anything like that that you feel helped? <laughs> no, not, no. <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. I don't like, so I try to think about it as if I'm watching someone do some move, I try to imagine myself doing it. And then I kind of just put pen to paper and I'll kind of just do what I think is right in my head. If that makes any sense, I hope it does. <laughs> but like, if I can see someone doing some move, I'll try to look at it and I'm like, okay, so in order to do that, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do that. And then boom, okay, I got it. It totally makes sense. And I think if anyone's watching Hawkeye, as that show continues, they'll see that makes a lot of sense. Okay, great, great, wonderful. <laughs> uh, now, Hawkeye might, I'm going to jump a little bit here, Hawkeye might not be your go-to, but one of the other things that popped right away, I'm like, huh, check out his tights. This guy's got some, this guy's got some geek to him. The tights, oh man. I love I love my tights honestly. I love I have I have uh, right now I got two pairs. I'm, I'm trying to get more pairs. I need more pairs of tights. So like eventually I'll get some more down the road. But like yeah, I think the I have like a black and gold one. Those are probably my favorite. No, the the Power Rangers inspired ones. The power yes, and I'm so glad that like people kind of pick up on Power Rangers because like yes. Power Rangers did play a big part in my childhood. And, like, that's, like, I also think is, like, one of the best things that you can do with wrestling is you can take so many parts of your life and put it just all out there for people to see. And Power Rangers was one. So I'm so glad that, like, I get to incorporate Power Rangers into wrestling. But I'm not doing any, like, funny Power Rangers stuff. You know what I mean? But it's just more there for the visual of, like, okay... There's some Power Ranger theme based behind this. Well, no, because you're not coming out and doing um, a, a character for it. And there have been times where there, you know, it'll be like a cheap indie show. And, oh, we rented a Spider-Man costume. So Spider-Man's going to wrestle tonight. It's like, ah, yeah. all right, that's not quite right here, but whatever. Yeah. But you've got your, the Power Rangers inspired gear. um, you got, if anyone goes through like your Instagram or stuff, you are an anime fan as well. Mm-hmm. Certain ones, but it ends up giving a connection too. So any fan is like, hey, I like that stuff too. If this guy wasn't, you know, a, 
a wrestler, and I know that you, you know, being new to it, wouldn't think this way. You got little kids there that are looking up to you that think of you the way you saw The Rock. Right. Like, oh, my, this is so cool. And he likes the things I like, too. And that makes you even cooler in their eyes. And they become even bigger fans of you. Right. Right. But did you uh, did you feel any hesitation in adding that like to your gear? And I want to say it's in your personality, but because it's on your gear and because you love it, it does come out in a way. Did you feel any hesitation or nervousness or like, oh, geez, I'm with all these giants here and I'm some new guy wearing Power Rangers? Um, or did you or were you taught to embrace who you are, turn it up to 11 and become something bigger in the ring. So in like for wrestling training, one of the things that uh, ZS3 says all the time is you have to make the people notice you. No matter how small it is of what thing you're doing when you're out there, make the people notice you. And I'm taking that also into consideration with my gear. I would like for people to know who I am. And that's kind of one of those things. I don't know. Like, um, when I started, I, I at first didn't know what I wanted because I was going to do my own custom gear. So I didn't really know what I wanted out of it. So I really had to start thinking of just, like, stuff from my past of what I would want. And I always had, like, such a fascination with Power Ranger stuff. And, like, the different colors, the different type of colored rangers, the different colors that they had, different patterns, all that stuff. I was always so fascinated with it. And I was like, now, what if I could just do that, but with tights? But I also don't want to, like, straight rob their idea from them and just have literally the exact same thing that they're wearing. I still want to have my own thing. And so, yes, you can see, like, Power Ranger inspired gear from it, but I feel like it's still like mine. And I think I'm probably going to continue sticking with more Power Ranger theme based like attire. But I don't know. It's 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 still kind of new to me cuz I've only worn this, I've only worn it like a few times. But I'm kind of glad that I still did it. Well, and again, it it gives you something to stand out. So I know for me, first time going to New York Championship Wrestling, I didn't know people. It's brand new for me. I'm not going to know, you know, I'm being introduced to 20 new names here. Yeah. I'm not going to remember them all. Just the way my brain works, I'm not going to remember it. But I'm going to remember the Power Ranger guy there. Right. And I'm going to remember he had a good match, and I want to see what he does next. And everyone that I saw, I got to enjoy and think they're all putting their all into it. Everyone's there to move this show forward. Everyone's yep. there as a team for this. And I've been to shows where you can tell someone doesn't care. You can tell they're just there for the check. Mm-hmm. You can tell that, you know, they were booked as a favor or whatever it might be. Yeah. <laughs> And there is not a single person on an NYCW card that I feel, why are they here? Everyone is moving story forward. And one of the things that I give Patches credit for 
is each show or each event feels episodic. I don't know what story you're telling yet. I don't know where this is ending, but I know you're building something. Yeah, there I is always you, a story behind something there. Yeah, I know the only like everything's progressing, and if it doesn't progress on the next show, it's only because of scheduling and whoever you needed there couldn't be there. But you're gonna do it the next show. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, me like it, me being a fan. I love certain animes. I love comics. I love the sequential storytelling. So to see someone embracing that with wrestling has been so much fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Like I don't know. Like I try to take everything about myself and put it into just when I'm in the ring to give off this feel of someone that you know likes their power rangers someone that likes anime someone that might like music too uh here's a nice little easter egg here um i am a big fan of michael jackson so now you could probably guess where Corey jackson is coming from <laughs> you know there is all ties to it there's all ties to this whole thing Now, geez, when did he die? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, the your your height of his powers, Michael Jackson, would have been before you would have discovered him. Yeah, it was, I believe, uh, 2009, I believe, was when he passed. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Bad and Thriller and everything would have been before you would have known who he was. Yes. Oh, yeah, it sure was, because that was in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But then you get to see all of it too, though, in a way. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like I, I remember. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. No. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thriller was huge when I was a kid, but I was also a kid, so the video was scary to me. You know, Bad comes along, which was amazing, but it wasn't cool to like him then. Right. And now, you know, so then it took me a little while, and then I, I dive back. And I hear "Don't stop till you get enough." And I was, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" The song is so good. <laughs> it's ridiculously good. Uh, you find out all the guitar players, like amazing Hall of Fame best rock guitars on earth. That he says, "Hey, will you would you be willing to you know do a guitar in this song?" And they're like, "Yeah, you're Michael Jackson. When do you want me there?" Right. Of course I will do it. Time and place. I will be there. Yeah. And then um, you discover the stuff that he did, like when the patents leaked for the Moonwalker shoes, and you see how he did that lean move. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Oh, man. He was just so good. And, like, he's something that, like, I want in wrestling. Like... He, we always talk about in training how it's always just the little things, just the little things that you can do that can get the crowd just to get on their feet. And like something about Michael Jackson just does it. And there's just this, there's this one clip and you can always just YouTube it. You can, it's on YouTube. I know it's on YouTube. Granted, I have the DVD for it. I'm a very avid Michael Jackson fan, but (laughs) you can Google it on YouTube or whatever and it was when he was live in like uh, Bureaucrest, I think Germany. 
I want to say, and he, they were doing, it was like right before the show starts, they're doing this whole introduction of like this uh, ship landing and the ship crashes. Okay. They have this whole intro, whatever, booming sound effects. And then all of a sudden, Michael Jackson pops out like Rey Mysterio. And he just stands there. And I don't even know how long, it had to have been like five minutes, maybe. And he's standing there, and this crowd is absolutely losing their minds over him. This is the beginning of the show. He hasn't even done a single song yet. And he's just standing. He's just looking out into the distance. Hasn't moved a single muscle. Crowd is going wild because they see Michael Jackson. Eventually, kind of, the crowd will start to die down a little bit, just a little bit. And then he looks to the left. Crowd goes wild again. It's like that little thing. He just turned his head to the left and the crowd goes crazy. He has that much control over the crowd. And finally, he starts his first song, which was Jam. Before the first song even starts, three people that they show are, have already fainted. They're done. The show, can you imagine going to a concert and before the songs even start playing, you've already fainted and you have to go to the hospital. <laughs> like, I would be so mad. And that was the case. And then through the whole concert, they're just showing people that fainted and the securities are, are passing them up. It looks like they're just surfing the crowd, but they're just literally unconscious. It's, it's so funny. But like, honestly, that would be me. I, I can't lie. I would probably faint. I really would. But it's just like, I'm, here I am. I'm just rambling now about Michael Jackson. I'm so sorry. But like, no, dude, you're fine. It's just like, uh, there's that type of crowd control. That's like, that's what I want in the long run. I got, I, I want to reach big. I want like MJ level of control. Well, and again, with you being in the first couple years of your career, you have to get that down, of course course obviously you yeah. know you, you got to be comfortable in the ring and know what you're doing and and learn psychology and how you know flow of a show flow of a match and everything and then have fun the rock wasn't the rock when he started out michael jackson well show up his family but talk about two people that knew how to control a crowd and learned that and then exploited it too to make themselves right. even bigger right and I, I i never saw michael jackson in my life, but I was in Toronto for WrestleMania for Rock versus Hogan. Yep. And that was one of the most incredible, surreal experiences of my life. I wish that I was there, but at the time, I'm pretty sure I was like probably like five, five, <laughs> six years old. So I didn't understand how big of an event that was. And, like, I, I wish that I was able to go because I'd be probably looking around like, what is wrong with these people? When right, that bell you... rang and Hogan and Rock were just kind of just looking at each other and the crowd is losing their minds. You're hearing your Hogan chants. You're hearing Rocky chants. It, it's, go it's everything. All right. So you've seen it on TV and understood the experience of it later as you've watched stuff. And now as a wrestler, you're probably seeing other things. You're seeing touches of it. But while you were not at that WrestleMania, you have gone to WrestleMania. I sure have. 
Yep. I went to WrestleMania 35. That was at MetLife Stadium. Yeah. That was my first WrestleMania. Yeah. Do you have something from that show then, or, or if there's a moment from another show where you saw something and went, I want to get that reaction. That's, Mm. that's what I want. Let's see. I know, putting you in the spot. No, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, Because then that was when Kofi won the WWE Heavyweight Champion. So, and like that was probably one of the better, best reactions of that night was when Kofi beat Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson, I should say now. But I just say Brian now (laughs) to keep you safe. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. (laughs) Brian. Brian. But I feel like when Kofi won, that whole crowd reaction, even with Xavier and Big E, that was all just genuine. Like, we were all there for Kofi. And I think that's, that's like, that was, like, one of those moments where it's, like, that's where you want to be. That's, like, the moment that you want to have is when you can have everyone in that whole stadium all together cheering for you. I... Uh, as a birthday present, my dad took me to SummerSlam in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. So I saw Becky Lynch's turn. Okay. She slept. Yeah. Charlotte and was supposed to turn heel, but the fans were like, nope, she's not heel. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's our girl now. <laughs> so I was obsessed with her story leading yeah. into that WrestleMania. Yeah. And I'm still obsessed with Becky Lynch for many reasons. But Leading up to it, I'm like, she needs to be in the main event. She deserves it. But if there is anyone that I would not complain gets that spot, Kofi Mania was it. Kofi Mania was there. That was like Kofi I would have like the big thing. Yeah, I would have more than accepted that. More than been all right with it. Like yes, not not Triple H winning again or Roman or Brock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if they want to put Kofi at then, yeah. Absolutely. I'd be 100% behind it. I really would. And and who was it? Was it was it Shad and MVP? I know MVP was one I forget, but they're just showing former wrestlers watching on TV crying their eyes oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I think JTG was there. Yeah. He was just, there, MVP was there. Yep. And showing like that's one of the beautiful things for wrestling. Every so often, we get a moment that's bigger than wrestling. Right. And so, I mean, like, we, we kind of stumbled into this. But, yeah, I think you saw one of the biggest moments ever that people remember all their lives. Yeah, that whole that whole night was, like, it was awesome because, like, I had one of my best friends with me, too. And we were both just we were big wrestling fans and even then that was both of our first WrestleMania. So then we got to take like a road trip. It was like a four hour drive and we just listened to wrestling songs. That was literally it. We, I think we just literally listened to theme songs, just kind of getting ourselves ready. We had access. We did our own little like entrances. We got to meet some people. Like it was cool. It was really cool. But then like being there and like, it's so crazy to think about it. Cause like, you watch this stuff as a child and like you see little snippets, I should say see little snippets of it in 
when in my childhood. And I always heard of WrestleMania, WrestleMania. I would always hear about it every year, but like they wouldn't show it. You know, they'd have like their little pictures of like what it looked like and like certain reactions or whatever. But like I never got to watch WrestleMania. And so then going from then to then all of a sudden now you're actually there years later and you're watching it in person. It's crazy. It's insane. It's a long day, but there's it nothing was. like it. It was there's a long nothing day. Nothing like ex- it though. <laughs> I was exhausted. I don't think we even went to sleep because we were still on such a high. Cause then I think the Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte match, that was like that started at like midnight. Yeah. <laughs> so like by the end we were already drained because the show started like at least seven hours beforehand we did a whole shift at wrestlemania <laughs> <laughs> it was like a whole shift at wrestlemania but it was still good like even then after that even when becky won people were still even though it's 12 o'clock in the morning people are losing their minds because becky just won there are and, and then no, did you just do Mania? Because I've one of my friends is insisting one year he wants to go to where WrestleMania is and not actually go to WrestleMania. Like WrestleMania, we could watch from a hotel or whatever, but go to all the indie shows around WrestleMania that whole weekend. Yeah, and I I know people do that. People do that too. I think it was Indie Mania. Unless, yeah, is that is that what it's called, or did I just call it that? I, uh, unofficially <laughs> unofficially yeah yeah indie mania but like yeah no i know people do that where they'll and like they'll have little indie shows that just kind of run around that area and like i'm sure that they're putting on spectacular matches also so that would be really cool to do too and then like even then you could just do all these indie shows doing all this and then finally end up making your way to wrestlemania yeah i mean i i think the most wrestling i've done is i did uh the two cw reunion show and i did a new york championship within the same week okay. or weekend it was yeah and even then like that was a lot of wrestling in a short amount of time <laughs> that was yeah because then i did the i was in the two cw reunion show i think i was in the first night in uh binghamton yep so then i had that match there and then i think Maybe the day after, two days later, maybe, I had NYCW. Yeah. I only did the Syracuse one. I, I knew I could only get in one. So I was like, let me do the Syracuse yeah. one. For I had to work during the Syracuse one. So I couldn't go oh. to the Syracuse one. I was like, are you kidding? Like, this is my hometown. Out of all the places, I can't even wrestle in my hometown. Oh, God. Now, Okay. Let's just double back to that quick. I don't think certain people understand the sacrifice to be an indie wrestler and get your name out there and build it up. Because you do have a day job. Correct. You have to make your bookings. So you're traveling to shows. Yep. You've got your training still. So you got to find time for that. Yep. You're in ring training. But then you have your actual body training, too. You have to work out. You have to exercise. You have to eat a certain way. You have to do all of this. And in the middle of all that, find time for friends or a girlfriend or to just have, like, a half hour to watch a TV show yeah. <laughs> or <It's>, sleep. <laughs> it's honestly, like, 
so I feel like some people don't understand that, like, at this point now, I'm kind of just used to it. And I'm sure that everyone else that wrestles, they're used to it now. But it really is, like, such a grind of, like, you have you maybe your 9 to 5 job or whatever. And then even then, you still have to put in extra work after that. I was... I worked at FedEx for like a brief period and I'm talking like a straight, like maybe month or two. It wasn't long, but it was overnight shifts. So I would work from 12. This was my schedule for like two months. I was, I worked from 12 AM to 8 AM overnight. And then I had, cause I was still going to school. I'm still freshly in college. So I was work. I had class from eight fifty in the morning until five o'clock at night, and then I had training from five thirty until whenever really we ended. Usually that'd be about maybe eight thirty, nine, sometimes ten o'clock. You still have to go to the gym. When mm-hmm. do you go to the gym? When do you have time to go to the gym? You still have to make time for there, only to get home at some reasonable time, maybe 10 o'clock if training got out early. And then you had to work at 12 o'clock in the morning again. And like, that was the constant cycle that I had to do for like two months. And like, I was going insane. It was just, and like, sometimes I felt like people weren't really understanding like how much I was doing and then eventually I had to just, I had to leave FedEx because I was losing my mind. Well, and in a way, and, and I know certain people don't understand it, whether they don't have the passion, whether they don't have the dream, whether they didn't have something pursuing it that they wanted to pursue. But out of all those, it's, I need the education because that's going to bring me somewhere. I need the wrestling because that's going to bring me somewhere. Yeah, FedEx isn't bringing me anywhere. FedEx is not going to bring me anywhere. Retail is not going to bring me anywhere. So, and right now, even then, I still have right now work because I still work in retail. I'm still going through it. And it's like retail, I don't think, takes too kindly with professional wrestling that, like, you need certain days off. And they sometimes don't really help you out as best as they can to where I was trying to see, because this has just happened to me recently, and it kind of still is. I've been trying to get more weekends off so that I can do like just more shows and have more availability to do things. And I try just taking weekends off. Weekends off at retail is just apparently a no-go. It's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So then they straight denied me. And then they said, if you want to take days off for certain events, just post the dates of the events and then we'll like give them to you. So I was like, okay, sure. I just thought it'd be easier just to have the weekends off, but okay, sure. So here I go. I'll start posting stuff. And one of them was for the NYCW show, I think two months ago. And they had me working that day. Because then they denied me. And I was like, you guys, you don't understand. I, I, I'm I, not coming to work. It's not going to happen. And sure enough, yep, I had to end up calling out. Because they forgot to see that um, I, I wanted to take it off because I had a show. 
and then you end up doing so much. You're trying to bend over backwards to appease your managers, but get done what you want to do. Okay, the show is at this time. Could I get an earlier shift so that right. I'm done and I got to jump in my car and I got to have all my crap in the car already because I'm not going to have time to swing back home and maybe I can yep. make it in time, get warmed up. Yep. It's just like sometimes, and the thought has been crossing my mind a lot lately, of it's just kind of insane that like you can try to request a day off. And I hate saying request a day off from work. I don't know why it just it's begun to bother me. I think as of as I've just been growing up, like you have to request a day off that you don't want to work because you want to do something outside of work for your own time, for your own entertainment. And this is me now requesting a day off, trying to do something that I love, trying to do something that maybe I want to pursue as my own career. And then my job is telling me no. Like, can you imagine? It's it's just, it's it's insane. Like, when you really think about it, like, you're trying to do something that you want to do with your life. And then this retail job is telling you no, because you have to work from a certain time to a certain time. It's just, it, it, it can be, it can be, it can be wild sometimes. It really can be. No, retail, uh, and it's funny, because I know one of my best friends who is a retail manager will be listening, and he is different. He's actually a very good manager and he treats his employees well. But my experiences for places I've been at, I had uh, my girlfriend at the time texted me. She was in a car accident and I called her to talk and I got yelled at for being on the phone during my shift. Like it's 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 insane. Um, My kid uh, got rushed to the emergency room. Yeah. And I got in trouble because I ran out the door and didn't punch out. Yeah, see, you gotta be careful. You can't be doing that stuff, man. You can't. You can't be doing that. You gotta remember to yeah, punch out. If your kid's in the emergency room, you still gotta remember to punch out. Yeah, and and now I've only been out of retail for two years, but thankfully I like the job, and I'll probably be where I'm at for the rest of my life. I've had situations come up. Oh, geez, I you know I gotta go, um, you know, see my mom uh, for a medical thing. I I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm not sure what to do. Yeah. And I'll instead of hearing, well, you should have requested the time off or, well, I don't I guess you can't go because we need you that day. Instead, I get we'll just take a vacation day. You have them. May as well use them. Right. Get them out of the way. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, it's it's for immediate family. You could take a sick day for it. I'm like, are you kidding me? What are sick days? I've never had these. What, what is this life? I've, I've never heard of this. Like, what, where am I right now? Yeah, what's this vacation thing you mentioned? And they're just like, oh, my God, you are just wounded, aren't you? I said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know someone this existed. That I work, someone that I work with, um, he had a doctor's appointment. And so he requested the day off for the doctor's appointment. And they told him no. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, he, he has a doctor's appointment. And then I guess like he like you have to put something in the comments. Apparently they need to know your business. Mm-hmm. And so then after it got denied, he had to resubmit it, explaining why he has to take this day off. And then he gets it. it's just like you shouldn't have to do all that. You really shouldn't. No, but you're you're disrespected in it too. Right. 
and they they paint you in a way of you are replaceable. We could get someone else in here and probably pay them less too because they're brand new off the street than you. Yep. Yep. You should be kissing our rings to be allowed to be here still. And I think that's like one of the main reasons why I'm so like my mindset is not really with retail because I know I can be easily replaced over there. I can be. I cannot show up for the next few days and there will be my replacement already within the span of like five days. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to really stress out about this job because like I know it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it to stress about it. You kind of just go with the flow, you know? I, I will guarantee you, you've had more fellow wrestlers or fans say, hey, you weren't at this show, are you okay? Then you have had any manager in retail ask you the same question. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I just recently took a trip with my family. We went out to the Virgin Islands. We went to St. Thomas. And first, it's a beautiful place. Absolutely beautiful place. It's like living in a postcard. It was great. <laughs> um, but... I requested the day, I requested that time off that I was going to be gone. And once again, it got denied. Because I just, I couldn't take that many days off in a row. And so then here I go, I have to resubmit this saying, I am literally going to be out of the country. I will not be here. I promise you, I will not be here. Even if you call me, I'm not answering. I'm not going to be here then it gets approved. It's just like, you shouldn't have to say all that. It's, it's, it's very frustrating. So like, even then now with wrestling, if I'm trying to take the day off, I have to explain that like, I might be out of state or I might be out of the city or I might be out of here because I have a show going on. Well, maybe it's, maybe the wrestling helps in a way for that. You have to go out there presenting a certain attitude, a certain confidence, a certain cockiness. Not to heel level, but to a, I deserve to be in here and hang with this person across from me in the ring. Yes. You need a certain aura coming out to you. Right. And maybe it transfers over. I I would never do it immediately, but jobs I may have had, a, you know, after a year or so, after I knew the lay of the land and knew how to read people and, and got a feeling for it, my cockiness and arrogance in a way would get me in trouble would also get me respect because I knew I had to project that to get what I wanted. Hey, yes. I'm not going to be here. I have something going on. Well, we need someone to, you have to work your shift. Find someone else. I won't be here. This is not <laughs> yep. a discussion. This Absolutely. is not a debate. I am telling you, I'm not asking you. Oh, I'm not requesting this day off. I'm telling you, I will not be here. Yeah. And so many of your management level don't know how to deal with that confrontation that you get what you wanted because they don't know what to do. Yeah. You're so used to people saying, Oh, okay, I guess I won't go to my grandma's funeral. Cause I, I got to work. Got to work. No, <laughs> that's why I like, that's why I say like, I don't like the term request a day off. Cause it's not really a request. You're not asking. I'm not asking my job if I can have this day off. No, I'm telling them I'm not going to be here on this day because I have to do something. Oh, and, and that's such a tiny difference in words overall. But look at when, you know, you're learning promos. Hey, you said it this way. Say it this way instead. Yeah. 
and in a way it seems like you're saying the same thing but you're not one hits a lot harder one sounds better one gets a different reaction from the crowd and it could just be a couple words difference yeah yeah so is there anyone whether you've gone to a show now with wrestling experience or whether uh, the shows you've gone to or anything is there anyone that now that you know wrestling and know how it works is someone you say i wasn't a fan of that person nothing against them but just it didn't click with me but now that i am in the game and see what they're doing from a different angle this guy or woman is incredible um okay so are it can it be passed past oh absolutely present? yeah okay yeah just something okay. that clicks with you now as a wrestler that didn't before as just a fan yeah um all right so this is probably gonna sound really really dumb but this is like the first thing off the top of my head and you have to remember that i was a child at this time <laughs> okay? okay so i whenever like i would hear like Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he would start doing his promos or whatever, I never really understood what was happening, even just out in the ring wrestling. Like, I knew, like, okay, like, he's cool. But, like, I never really understood it until, like, I got older. And then like, I would hear what he's talking about and how he's engaging with the audience. And he has the audience engaging with him, too. And I was like, wow, how did I not pick this up as a kid? Them always chanting what? And then he's just going with his whole little rhythm of doing a promo. He'll say some stuff. What? Say some stuff again. What? Say some stuff. What? And it's just like he had them just following along with him. But it keeps them interested. And it was so entertaining getting able, being able to watch it back, which, like, I'm glad that, like, they're, the WWE Network is there. I guess Peacock is there now. Because, like, I get to watch this again. And, like, I get to watch from when I was a kid and kind of understand it now than I guess better than I could back then. Well, I think it's also to kind of tie back to the retail one. It's more the life experience. You had your children of the eighties that grew up worshiping Hulk Hogan as a superhero were now teens and twenties and very frustrated by their lives when stone cold came along. Yeah. As an anti-hero, as against your boss, as, hey, doesn't work, suck, let's go drink a beer. And right. embraced that so much. Right. Yeah, I hate my manager, too. <laughs> and he, yeah, he related to so many people. Even now, to this day, he still relates to so many people in this world. Now, what are you looking forward to next? Whether it's an ex-opponent, someone you want to work with, goals in not only New York Championship Wrestling, but any indie that you might work for? Um, so, obviously, like, we're all there because we want to win championships there. We all want to win championships. So, like, I guess right now, that's another goal of mine is I want to win championships. And that's always a goal that I have for myself. Because I just feel like if that's the case, that means that I finally, like, I've, I've done something here. Um, opponents that, like, I want to face, there's so many. But I just want to right now 
The first person probably off the top of my head, because he was at NYCW and he hasn't been there recently. I had the triple threat with him and Ting um, at the Hometown Heat show, and that was Jacoby Riddick. And I feel like if I was, I, I would love to do like a singles match with him rather than a triple threat. Because I feel like if it was myself and Jacoby, we'd probably tear the house down. I can call that. We would probably tear the house down. Um, I've wrestled Mike Skyros a few times, but I would love He's to. He's good. Yes. He is good. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is very good. And I would love to wrestle with him also at NYCW. That'd be cool too. Um, we were supposed to um, have, a, I was supposed to have be in a triple threat with him and uh, Jimmy Limits. That was at the that was at the show in like I think it was like October twenty third the Slam Hane show, mm-hmm. but then that got canceled. So then that was that kind of that kind of broke me. I cried for a second. I'm not gonna lie. It was it was rough. I was in the trenches then. But, yeah, I I was <laughs> upset that show got canceled too. Oh man, I was so I was looking so forward to it. I really was. Um, but then like I'm trying to think of just I feel like. Right now, because like I'm still so new to NYCW, that every matchup that I have is new to me. It really is. So I'm not even like really looking for who do I want to work with. It's just more of like a how can I work with this person now? And that's what I'm. I'm glad about that that I have that mindset for NYCW because like there's so many talented people there. So like. It's always going to be great whenever I get to match up with any of those guys. Well, granted, you are new for it, but I think what you'll see and what fans will see in all two is the more you're there and the more improvements you make and eventual titles you win, the reaction is going to be insane. Because people will see you as homegrown talent as their guy as someone that they saw from the start and now here you are with the title the reaction's going to be nuts and i think like yeah like that's what i'm trying for right now nycw is my primary home that is where you will probably see me right now for the next few months even then and more on um but i just like i don't know like i feel like being there is there's such there's an environment when you're there you know what i mean like being there watching even just being in the ring too there's like a certain environment through that whole the whole crowd that it's 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 like it's it's a very exciting feeling it wakes you up like every nycw show that i've done so far i would get home at like maybe 11 12 o'clock at night I cannot go to sleep because I'm still on such like an emotional high from being there. I mean, even me as a fan, the only reason I'm leaving right away is because my kid's like, Dad, I'm tired. <laughs> we we got right back home. Got to go to bed. <laughs> but I just want to stay there and hang out. Right. Because it, it just feels so welcoming and enjoyable and everyone from top down is so cool to be there yeah like i'm so glad that we have this in 
our area and and it drives me nuts people insult i'll just i'll just flat out say 315 area code for all the towns and cities it encompasses people insult this area so much but for the whole area code for our whole region the only thing we don't have is a pro sports team otherwise we got everything here yeah and now we have an indie company that we can all call our own and love what i would want the most right now out of nycw i think is to do more than a show a month Mm -hmm. i would love if it could turn into a weekly show maybe a bi-weekly show even then and it could still be at the same place i i just like I don't know, because there's so many people that like I want to work with, and I love being there. So it'd be interesting rather than only because like you you have your show right now, like say tomorrow, you have the show tomorrow, then you have to wait a whole month before yeah. you can do it again, and it's just like it's just it's the longest month ever. So like I would want later on down the road, whether it be weekly or a bi-weekly show and that way you can kind of put some storylines in there you know what i mean and like people can remember because it was only last week or two weeks ago not a whole month i i agree with you um granted i would go broke going every week for every two weeks <laughs> you're telling and, me the miles i would put on my car <laughs> yeah and i don't have the money to front it or anything of course but i would love a studio type show um like what nxt 2.0 is or nwa power oh yeah yeah um and whether it's in whitesboro or whether it's a new venue of just flat out like here's our show and we'll put it up on youtube you know a little later on but like you could even do tape two shows and do your bi-weekly idea there and it yeah. like here's our hour, two hours, whatever, and then here's a new show next week. But get the storylines going, get everyone active, you know, have more shows and just build and build that audience. But to do it in because those venues look great on camera and the fans are so passionate and energetic, and we got that already. Right, right. We again, like I'm doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> But I would love to see something like that and just make it be like, because you you, uh, you think of uh, a Memphis or, or a territory days where they would do that. You tape a show on Friday, you go around and do a loop, not that you guys are going to do that. But if you had people in Mohawk Valley and Syracuse and all going, hey, every Friday or every Saturday or every other, we're guaranteed to have this show, that audience grows and grows too. Right. Right. And like, I think that's like, that is what I want. And I think not even just speaking for myself, but I feel like I can speak for everyone at NYCW when I say like, we are all trying to prove that like, we are one of the best promotions, at least in New York. Mm -hmm. And then even then we can continue going down from just the Northeast region. And we can just keep expanding. We all want to continue just like, I feel like we all want the success of NYCW to be there. Now, and and granted, because I know he'll listen, if Patches is making sure we got a good foundation before branching out, I have seen plenty of other companies, not just wrestling, but anything that got too big, too fast, and collapsed, and now you got nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
So if he's like, let's make sure that we got everything set here before we grow bigger, go for it. I'd rather see a slow build than you get too big too fast. And in a year from now, we're like, geez, remember when we had NYCW? That was fun. That was a fun time, man. Blast from the past. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Corey, I will let you go here. But we have to end the show like we end all good things by hyping up where people can find you on social media. Okay. Um, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram, both under the same thing, Corey Jackson 315. Yep, and I will have links to both of those in the show notes for this podcast. This is going to go up honestly shortly. As soon as we're done, I'm just going to throw on a little music at the end, put it as an MP3 and put it up. So tomorrow night in Whitesboro for New York Championship Wrestling, come out and see Corey. We were discussing off air, might know what the match is, but as it's not official yet, won't say it. If it is what's going to happen, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I know everyone else will. I know it'll be a hell of a match. Uh, My kid and I will be front row. I don't know what we're wearing yet, but we'll certainly be sure to give you high fives and everything when you come out. (laughs) And, And then got... We got another show. What is it? January 4th, I think, is the next one. Uh, No, I think it's January 2nd. 2nd. January 2nd, yep. Which, the great thing is, I know tomorrow night I will see things happen that will be billed for what's happening at that show. And I'll be able to know what's going to happen at that show and be looking forward to it, too. Yeah. Like, today, like, tonight is going to be one of those nights where, like... I'm just not going to be able to sleep because I'm going to be so excited for tomorrow because I get to see everyone again tomorrow. It's it's just like, it's such an exciting feeling. It really is. I can't even put it into like words, the feeling that I have just going out there and being able to see everyone. But, but most importantly, you got tomorrow off of work though, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I requested this day off months ago. <laughs> so they better give me this day off. Even if they call me, guess what? Not answering. Oh, geez, my phone died. Sorry. Man, <laughs> I must not have service. Oh, man. I dropped my phone in the ocean. I don't know how. <laughs> dropped my phone in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, this show is presented over by the Retro Network, and my stuff can be found masslibrary.com and at masslibrary across most social medias. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you, dude.